Hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for the Next Generation Diagnostic Summit, which will take place this August 20th to the 24th, 2018 in Washington, D.C. I'm Caitlin Barago, Associate Conference Producer with CHI. We have with us here today one of our speakers from the Molecular Diagnostics for Infectious Disease Conference, Dr. Jennifer Dianne Bard, who is the Director of Microbiology and Virology at Children's Hospital Los Angeles and Associate Professor of Pathology in Laboratory Medicine at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California. Dr. Dianne Bard, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Your work covers a vast array of topics within infectious diseases, including molecular diagnostics, mechanisms of antimicrobial resistance, and susceptibility testing. Can you tell us a bit more about one or two of the top challenges or questions you're facing currently? So there are a number of challenges that lab directors like myself will encounter on a regular basis. That includes budget cuts, emerging infectious diseases, etc. But I do want to focus on just a couple of examples. The first one is staffing shortages, which is an issue that we continue to face in our institution as, as well as I'm sure many other labs face. One of the ways that we have addressed this at our Children's Hospital LA is to implement technologies such as Molitoff MS and other molecular tests that allow for more simplified diagnostic approach, which minimizes the need for traditional microbiology expertise. For example, molecular panels do detect the most common parasites have replaced routine over and parasite examination in our lab, which is a specialty that requires years and years of experience. This not only resulted in a significant reduction in turnaround time, but it also freed up a full FTE for us in the lab that we are redirected to other areas. I do want to emphasize, though, that the new technologies does not entirely alleviate the need for expert microbiologists. The second challenge I wanted to discuss touches on what I'm currently dealing with in the lab, which is kind of a diagnostic test overload, almost in line with a kid at a candy store where there's increasing number of molecular tests available or will be available, and it's very tempting to want to try all of them in some capacity. The key, I think, is to really figure out which test is right for the institution and your patient population. And this is, of course, assuming that you're overcoming the limitations of a rigid operating budget. So it's important in my role to formulate a vision for the lab that is based on sound data. So implementation of a new test requires an immense amount of manpower from all aspects, including evaluation, verification, charge development, etc. So with a limited budget, it can be very important to determine which tests would provide the most significant impact in that patient population or which tests will have a significant impact in the lab itself. And I'm going to go back to that gastrointestinal parasite panel that I mentioned because we implemented it two years ago, and if anything, this is probably the most significant test that we've brought that had the most significant impact in the lab since it was able to free up about a full-time FTE that we desperately needed for other areas. So all in all, it's a very exciting time to be in the field of diagnostic microbiology. The increasing number of molecular assays that's coming into the market and the improvement in speed and diagnostics in general is very important and exciting. What are some of the barriers to bringing point-of-care testing for infectious diseases to the clinic? And what are some ways that you and other clinicians are approaching these? So a major driver for point-of-care testing development is the fact that it's 
portable, fast, simple, easy to use, and you can perform in a limited infrastructure. Molecular tests for the detection of infectious agents is one of the most fastest growing point of care test type that's being developed right now. And with the fact that there's improved sensitivity compared to your standard immunoassay point of care test that's routinely being used. So the cost is an issue when bringing on molecular point-of-care testing. The tests may be cheaper than the moderately complex molecular tests offered in the clinical lab, but it's still very expensive compared to your typical lateral flow point-of-care test that clinicians are used to. So I think it's important to emphasize on the improved sensitivity of the molecular point-of-care assay that is not only clinically beneficial to the patient, but it's also advantageous in negating the need to submit additional samples for confirmatory testing. Another barrier that is not so much related to bringing on the test to the clinic, but more so how to maintain quality in the clinic is the fact that despite being a point of care and relatively easy to use, it is still a molecular test, which is accompanied by challenges including contamination, risk of lowered performance upon implementation, and then also not being monitored by a trained laboratorian. There's also risk of over-testing or testing of inappropriate samples in the absence of the laboratory gatekeeper. So for example, it's not we encounter issues of point-of-care group-based strep tests being performed on rectal swabs when it's only approved for throat samples. So I think it's important to have the continued validation of the test to ensure that the performance is not compromised. And if possible, it would be very valuable to have continued oversight of the test development, implementation, and training by the clinical lab expert. And then lastly, just overall, we need outcome studies on patient management and outcome, test utilization, and just overall satisfaction from the clinician and the patient's perspective, which would be crucial to determine really what impact this point-of-care molecular test can have. What would you say are some of the benefits and disadvantages of using rapid susceptibility testing? The benefits and disadvantages are dependent on whether it's a genotypic or phenotypic susceptibility test. So in either case, the speed of obtaining a susceptibility results within hours instead of days is a huge advantage. At this point in time, FDA cleared assays that are commercially available provide a genotypic results within one to three hours. In contrast, the only FDA-cleared assay that offers rapid phenotypic susceptibility is the phenosystem from Accelerate Diagnostic, and results are available in about seven hours, which is still much faster than the 72 hours or longer with conventional testing. So depending on the organism, both genotypic and phenotypic testing may allow for prompt optimization of antibiotics. This is particularly evident with the gram-positive organisms, such as Staph aureus, where the absence of a MEK-A gene means that the provider can confidently de-escalate from vancomycin to, say, oxacillin. A limitation of rapid genotypic testing is that the presence or absence of a resistance gene is not actually predictive of susceptibility in a particular organism. For example, if an E. coli isolate does not have a carbapenemase gene, that does not necessarily mean that the organism is going to be susceptible to fourth-generation cephalosporin or even the carbapenems. So antimicrobial optimization in this instance is not as straightforward. And it really highlights a huge benefit of the rapid phenotypic susceptibility because it provides you with an actual MIC result and breakpoint interpretation.
A disadvantage of rapid susceptibility testing is really the price tag that comes with it. In line with what we talked about previously, it can be very difficult for labs to justify bringing on a high-dollar test when the conventional method is so much cheaper. And another limitation right now is the fact that it's only available on testing of positive blood culture samples, although there are many companies that are working on expanding the sample types that can be available. And finally, what are you most looking forward to and hoping to learn in August at the Next Generation Diagnostic Summit? Do you mean other than my talk? Um, I think the lineup of topics and speakers are excellent. I'm particularly interested in learning more on the topic of diagnostic stewardship, which is something I find extremely important. I'm looking forward to Dr. Kevin Massacar's talk on when less testing is actually more, which is particularly important as we transition to even more simplified molecular testing. The point of care topic and how it relates to stewardship in the emergency department is also very interesting, and I look forward to hearing more about that. Thank you very much for your time and your insights today, Dr. Dianbard. Thank Thank you for having me. That was Dr. Jennifer Dianne Bard, who is the Director of Microbiology and Virology at Children's Hospital Los Angeles and an Associate Professor of Pathology and Laboratory Medicine at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California. She will be speaking at the Molecular Diagnostics for Infectious Disease Conference, a part of the Next Generation Diagnostics Summit, which is taking place this upcoming August 20th to 24th, 2018 in Washington, D.C. If you'd like to hear her in person, go to www.nextgenerationdx.com for registration information and enter the key code PODCAST. I'm Caitlin Barago. Thank you for listening.